Kavik's the show, brother, show. Come on. Welcome to the podcast. The podcast that answers the question. Well, wait a minute. We don't answer questions, right? Yeah, we don't answer questions and we don't give names. Okay, we don't give names because, you know what, because we're local people in Hawaii. I know most of our listeners are outside of Hawaii and we have some new uh, listeners to uh, to thank and we have some new listeners to welcome. Okay, so the people in Botswana, we, we did that on the last podcast. Uh, since then, the country of Syria has joined, people in Syria. And uh, I mean, go figure, right? In between stuff, they listening to the podcast. In between the incoming, right? <laughs> Any anyway, okay. Uh, but Syria, and that's not the that's not the best news, okay? For the first time ever, in the last twenty four hour period, we hit eight thousand listens, eight thousand plays. Okay, so eight thousand. Wow, we that's a new high for us. All right, we're we're also experiencing another demographic high. And uh, this high, let's see. Oh, females are up to 20%. The girls are finding out. <laughs> you see, chicks always find out where I am. And and they always, when they find out, they're right there, right? They're like, hey, hey, you freak out. <laughs> they're right there. So, girls, welcome. Thank you, ladies. Uh, we appreciate you. Men are 79%. So the, the percentage of the females are just offsetting the males, that's all. And then uh, non-specified 1%. Okay, and then non-binary, the people who don't know who they are, uh, zero. So everybody knows who they are on this podcast. Thank you very much. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, so you know, uh, one thing I got to say about women and females, okay? Now, uh, the, the thing I got to, the thing I got to say is, um, is that, that I owe my life to females, okay? Not just because one gave birth to me. Uh, there's that female too, right? <laughs> there's this mom, right? And I got to tell you, okay, while, while I'm on a subject, because today we're going to talk about the gravy train, by the way. But right now, while I'm on the subject of females, I got to tell you guys, okay? So, so like, uh, you know, in my life, right, I ended up, and this was accident. I, I don't know. Well, in, in high school and stuff, right, uh, I never hung out with, with, you know, like, say, the, the chicks in my high school or stuff like that. Although I, I did hang out for a little while with a couple of them, right? But mostly what I did was oh, I was dating girls from the mainland that came down. You know, I was one of the beach boys on the beach, and there was a hotel. There were actually, there were, there were, we were in the middle. Our beach was in the middle of several hotels. And so these girls from the hotels used to come, right? And we, we met them on the beach. And we used to take them out. We used to, you know, we used to go with them in their, in their, in their cars, their rental cars, right? With their parents sometimes, right? And we used to show them around, show them around the island. They, well, they used to drive, take us, right? And I'm talking like teenage years, bro. We was teenagers. And, uh, well, I, w- I was the only one that did that, that I knew of. But uh, some of my friends that I hung out with, the guys I hung out with at the beach, were, they were older than me. Uh, so when I was hanging out at the beach and I was like 14, these guys was in their 30s. <laughs> so the, the brothers, right? They was, they was in their 30s. And these guys are all legends back home already. And they're all gone. Uh, most of them are dead already. They're, they're, they have passed on. But, okay, so, so that happened, right? And then as I got older, right, I, I started a singing school. And then, then we started getting, um, you know, uh, we started a production company first. Then we started a singing school. And my intent wasn't to, you know, become a famous teacher or anything like that. My, my, I, my dream was to become a famous entertainer because 
you know, I was the dude with the guitar singing to the chicks on the beach, right? And I wanted to get paid for that. I wanted, you know, I, I was like, okay, one day I want to be in a situation where I'm like Frank Sinatra, Don Ho, all them guys. I'm going to be in a showroom and then, and then chicks going to come, right? Well, that, that kind of happened. The chicks came, but it wasn't that scenario, right? Although we had one in Waikiki, right? And, and the chicks came. Oh, bro, chicks was all over. But I'm just saying that uh, when I built the school, women started coming and women came because they wanted self-confidence and they brought their daughters mostly girls right because they wanted the girls to have self-confidence some of the people that brought their boys right they wanted their boys to be skillful you know and they wanted confidence for their boys but mostly uh that was focused on talent but you know nobody brought their daughter to me because they wanted their daughter to be a star you know i i don't think there was uh, I, I don't know. There may may have been, but nobody ever mentioned that. They always mentioned confidence. So I always taught confidence to females, and females always became they became my customers. They started buying from me. Now when I started life coaching, my females come, vice presidents of companies. I'm talking about the females of a higher value, right? Because there's two types of females, guys. Just in case you want to know, I mean, in in archetypes, okay, there's several, but there's to me, there, to me, I, I break them down to two types of females: girls of substance, okay, and then the hot girls. Because the hot girls, the girls that get by on their looks, right? They have they develop big psychological problems towards the later years because the looks fade, the wrinkles set in, the skin changes, the the hair. Every, you, you see what I'm saying? And, and I got to tell you, I, I seen some chicks, because I'm getting older now too, right? And I'm seeing some of these chicks, that, that, they're older than me, okay? They're in their 70s, okay? And, bro, even, even some right now around 50 that I know, they had the plastic surgery. They did the lips. They did all, right? Bro, they, they are looking a little freaky right now. A little, you know, not that kind of freaky. I mean, they, they're looking a little spooky, you know, like they should be on on Halloween, you know, uh, what do you call that? Haunted house. <laughs> they should be in a haunted house. Like, oh, auntie, whoa, please, auntie, do something. You know, put on some shades and cover your mouth. <laughs> but no, I mean, they, they start looking like weird. And then in their 70s, right, they start looking real. I mean, look, look at, and I feel sorry for some of them. I even feel sorry for some of the girls that I see that are young that are doing these things to their bodies because pretty soon right they're gonna i mean you have to keep up keep up keep up and pretty soon right you you cannot keep up anymore you cannot you you can there's no fountain of youth for that kind of stuff there's no magic pill you know we live life is short you guys that's why i always say live your dreams and you know you're gonna die and that's just the reality of life but it's a blessing while you're here right Okay, so so there's two kinds of girls. Now, the girls of substance, okay, those are the girls that went to college. They don't, you know, they're not that, they're not hot, hot, right? They're, they're okay. Some of them are pretty, but they're not getting by on their looks. They're getting by on, you know, their PhDs. They're getting by on their degrees. They're getting by on their businesses. They're getting by on on substance the other girls right they're attracting the dudes the millionaires these guys right and they and they get married and married and married i know this one girl she's been married like about four or five times right and <clears throat> she turned into she was a sky waitress okay sky waitress you know there's a sky waitress right yeah one yeah that kind and so but but she just you know married rich 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 right went down the kind and as you do that what happens is if you're one of the hot girls, you just need to marry the first rich guy. Okay, because then you meet his friends, right? <laughs> you meet his friends. And then pretty soon you get a divorce, right? One of his friends, Garen's Barbarians, right? You know, or maybe a couple of his friends start dating you. And then, you, you know, then you can go to the next or in the next. And you just got to get in the click. Okay. But, but you know, um, these girls end up with problems when they get older because... They're still acting, okay? They're still doing that, that, you know, they're still playing that role of the hot girl, but they ain't hot no more. And that's when they start getting problems, okay? They, they get a lot of uh, insecurity problems. But we, we help a lot of those kind of people. Now, the girls of substance, different, right? Those are the girls that, you know, they get solid jobs. They have high-paying jobs. They're executives or whatever. And um, 
and I know a lot of those girls too. And I, I, I have life coaching sessions with, with women like that all the time. And, um, and these women, uh, you know, they, they, um, they're a different breed. They're much, they're much different. And the women of substance are often the ones that, you know, lack in the, the love department or the, the significant other department or the, you know, good husband department or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, marriage is broken. Okay. And, and uh, that's not a podcast. Okay. Marriage is broken. Okay. It's, 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 uh, it's ridiculous. It's become a benefits thing. Okay. So you marry for benefits. You're not happy. You take half and you go and you go do something else. Right? So, but, but that's not a podcast. But anyway, so women have uh, just flocked around me in my life. I'm just so lucky. Right. And I'm talking about women that, that I get involved with. I'm talking about women that just, I mean, they just, I don't know. I don't know. They come into my life and they, you know, they love and they leave and they come and they love and they leave and they, I mean, they just, you know, and then there's other women that, um, that come and they're my clients and they pay me. Right. And, and, um, if I, if I had to say like, okay, what majority, what's the majority of the income in my whole life? Like, where did it come from? Okay. Some of it came from corporations. I did work for, for some corporations. Some of it came from that. Okay. But for my own companies, right. Um, it came from females. It dominates the, the, the females dominate. I, I can't even tell you. They just, just, they just bring cash. <laughs> they bring cash. They bring their credit cards. They bring, you know, and I'm sure their husbands are paying for a lot of it, but they're the ones that come and they're the, they're the clients. So today we're going to talk about the gravy train. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so we want to mahalo before we jump on a gravy train and that discussion. Want to mahalo all the ladies for joining us. More women are finding uh, out about the podcast and they're here. Okay. So, and don't underestimate females, guys. Uh, they are emotional beings and, and they, you, you got to really understand women. But when you understand them, they, they know you love them. They know you're out for their best interest. Wow, they will love you and they will find you. You know, like the wedding crashers? I will find you. Okay, so they, they're finding me on the podcast. So, ladies, uh, welcome, welcome, ladies. All right, we're going to talk about the gravy train today. The gravy train. Oh, wow, that gravy train. So, somebody was telling me, you know, we had this, I get these friends and we talk story online. And so, this one guy, he goes, bro, you better talk about the gravy train. And I'm like, what gravy train? And he goes, bro, the gravy train, Chaluk. So there was this ad by this local, uh, I want to call him a tabloid, but but they're deeper than that. These guys really know their stuff. And um, I, I don't want to, you know, like I said, I don't want to say any names. But there's this one news organization that is on it. These guys are independent. They're not a big newspaper. They're a small uh, organization. But they tell the truth. And the kind of stuff that they bring up, they, they do investigative reporting. They bring up stuff. They put it out and, and people go, whoa, <laughs> because they, they, they're not scared. They're not scared. Okay. Now they probably, you know, they're not hooked into the Ohana system, but they're certainly not afraid of it. And you know, that's the thing. Okay. If you are not in the click. Okay. So that's part of the gravy train, the click. If you're not in the clique, and I've stayed out of cliques, I've, I've made it a point. There, there was one time, there was time, a time, there was a time, uh, a period of time where I tried to get in the clique because I thought getting in the clique would be the right thing to do. And then um, I met resistance because the guys in the clique didn't want me in the clique, right? And um, I don't know why. I still don't know why, but... It was it was back in the day when when I wasn't anybody. I was I was trying to look, you know, when you're trying to be somebody or get to some place or get to some position, right? You know that kind of thing. So I was I was pursuing the click, you know. I was like like doing anything I could to get inside, trying to make friends with these bananas, right? And and these guys, uh, just just you know they just stonewall you, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, I'm I'm not the popular guy. And I wasn't the popular, I was never the popular guy. That happened later on. But I was never the popular guy. And so, you know, and, and not only that, I'm not from here. Okay. I'm from another island. And and I recently told this guy 
who's from another island, right? And we were had we had this discussion. He was from he's from back home where I am, uh, where I'm from. And we had this discussion. I said, "Have you ever experienced this?" Because I I've experienced this like my whole life on this island, because my roots are not on this island, right? So I don't have like all my family here, like you know that kind of thing. And he goes, "Brah, brah, <laughs> this is this is rampant over here." And and the cliques over here are are here because they started long time ago. Some of the cliques over here came down from the grandparents, right? And then and then you get to meet the you know, so that it comes down in families like that sometimes, sometimes, in some instances, right? And it depends on what you're doing and where you're at, right? But but he goes, Oh bro, yeah, it, it is it is real. So for that reason, right, when I started seeing that that things was like that, I was like, okay. We gotta, we gotta change plan, and then the plan became all right. Stay away from these guys, cause the more you stay away, right, the more you can do, but you don't see it that way in the beginning, okay? So, cause in the beginning you want to be a part of the clique, then afterwards you go, hey, you know what? This clique is screwed up. So there was this girl, right, that was hanging with this clique, and these guys just go out and drink together, drink together, drink, drink, drink. Now I looked at that as a waste of money. That's all. Okay, I just that's how I saw it. I is I, I used to well I, at the time I didn't drink, but I I looked at it like why would you take your paycheck, and and go give it to the bar and stay in the bar all night and 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 have you know have a good time and show up Monday morning broke, and and you know and talking crap talking smack about you know what happened on the weekend with these guys, and one girl they used to call her happy ending. Because she used to give happy endings in the parking lot, right? And these guys, and they used to tease. I mean, the poor girl. I felt sorry for her, and we became friends, you know. After not nothing the kind like that, you know, just just work kind, professional kind, and uh, and I still like her. I, I like her. She's a good person. She's a very good person. Good morals, good values. Well, now, uh, and <laughs> but back in the day, bro. And they used to tease her that at work, so she was humiliated. She she went through some, she she went through some kind you know, uh, shame kind uh, situations. I want to say right, but that's what the clique does. And if you want to be in a clique, you got to take it. And I saw this, and I go, wow, this is degrading. This is this is embarrassing, right? And then right, I started as I got up into the you know business world. I got into different things and. Pretty soon, right, I I saw the gravy train that was the political system. And I'm like, whoa. Okay, because if you think that, you know, being a small business owner is, is you know, you got to deal with politics because you do. Oh, man, when you get into politics, politics, oh. So so anyway, and, and um, you know, I, I had witnessed a little bit of this because back in the day I was around some pretty heavy hitters, right? To the point where it started getting to my head a little bit and you know I started telling people where to go. This was in my twenties. And and they couldn't do anything, right? Because I was connected to these guys, right? So I could make any kind. And I did and, and you know I, I if I had to do it all over again I'd probably do it the same way. But the point is you kinda find your maturity and you go, hey you think you know you're gonna you're gonna hit that one guy or that one situation where well, the table's going to turn on you, so you better shut up and behave. And and I had to, you know, I had to tone it down. And finally, in my 30s, everything started coming together. But the, these things that, um, the gravy train that is of a certain clique locally, right? There is a local power structure that a lot of people are not aware of. And if they're aware of it, I mean, because it's not advertised, you don't see this stuff, right? But these people call the shots. And I mean, this, this, this is so, uh, right now it's, it's more, it's, it's more blatant on the national level when you see it, right? And you see the president and he'll just lie to you about stuff, right? He'll just lie. He'll say something today. Next week he'll do something. He'll do the opposite, right? And, and so people are shocked, right? They go, oh my God, they don't even hide this stuff anymore. It's blatant. Yeah, it is blatant. But guess what? It's happening locally here too. So this tabloid, whatever, puts out this ad and it's about this, you know, former politician that now has a $900,000, 900000 plus contract. 
okay, with the rail system over here, right? The rail system. And and they, they called it the gravy train, right? They called it the gravy train. And I'm like, well, no, this is part of the click, see? Because because what you do is you put in time, okay? Now, a lot of people look at, at these politicians as something that is, um, hmm, that is an individual effort. And I want to tell you right now, just get that idea out of your head, okay? Because things are planned in back rooms. Things are planned in small little caucuses of people, okay? That say, look, if you do this, then we'll do this. If you do that, then we'll do that. If you, you know, and, and they basically own these guys, okay? They, they have, I mean, they have owners. They have owners, let me tell you. And the owners are the guys who put up the money, like anything else, right? In the recording industry, you know, it's the people that put up the money, the producers, they're the owners. They're the, they're the bosses, right? In politics, it's it's the people putting up the money for the campaigns, for all this stuff. And these guys, the politicians, right? Got to do what they got to do for money. I mean, that's that's just what it is. Now, these people with the money, they need the politicians, right? Or they need their people in place to to construct laws and to, to get policy through, right, to benefit their companies, their big corporations. Sometimes it's small companies. You, you never know. I knew, I knew this councilman uh, in, in the Kalihi area, right, that used to introduce legislation into the city council for these Filipino business people because they had, they had clout, they had, they had money, and, and they, they had numbers. So when you have numbers and you have money, right, you have power. Now, the first thing you do is you go after money, right? After you get plenty of money, there's only one thing to do. Pursue some sort of power. You got to have some sort of influence. You got to have some sort of, right? Okay. The only thing that's really coming into play that's contrary to, to this old school paradigm is social media. Because now you got these guys coming from social media that, that make connections. And these young people have clout. And they don't need the big corporation guys. They don't need them because they got they got people, and the people is where the power is at. The numbers are where the power is at, right? But the corporations still have influence because they still have money. So you know, but the the so the tide is slowly changing. Slow. It's it's not really here yet where the social media people are taking over the the <laughs> the politics. It's, it's not like that yet. But but the thing that that I see right because. Okay, when you first run for office, you have your backers, right? You have your supporters. Then you get, bro, I can tell you. I can tell you that one of my uncles, he, he backed a certain person and then a certain person, certain person. Okay, then, then after that, this guy, this guy became the, you know, became the director of public safety. And then, <laughs> and then the director of public safety has the keys to the prisons. Okay, <laughs> so... I I gotta tell you, Hawaiians, the kind of stuff, bro, in the old days, I gotta, I gotta tell you, okay? And if you have the keys to the prison, okay, bro, that's power, okay? Because when you have keys to the prison, the guys who are in, your guys who are, you know, pulling their time, because they gotta, right? They're pulling their time, uh, they can they can get passes, they can get passes, guys. I saw this. They, you know, people look the other way. Brothers get their pass. Boom, go out, pull the job, run right back. And you know, we're we're we cannot find we cannot find anybody. We cannot find again. Well, you never look in the prison. So so anyway, I mean, bro, this this stuff is this stuff used to be rampant. Okay, now the organizations have since changed. <laughs> Things have changed. Times have changed. Right? Uh, they're no longer. You know, doing that uh, accidental drowning down Sandy's and and running back into the prison. <laughs> so that, times have changed, but um, but I can tell you that that the gravy train is earned. You don't just jump on the gravy train. You don't just. You're not the best qualified, right? So everybody looks at this stuff and they go, "Wow, how the hell did that happen?" And then everybody, I mean, and they know people not stupid, right? They know, okay, yeah, it's it's the it's the the people behind the scenes pulling the strings, and I, and and of course it is, right? But this whole this whole thing that we got in 
in Honolulu with the rail system. I don't know. I don't know if you guys listening, you know, in, in other countries and and out in the United States, uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners in California, Texas and uh, Rhode Island. We have listeners all over the country, Kentucky. I don't know if you guys have uh, rail systems. I don't know. But, but over here, brah, this rail system just got shoved down everybody's throat, right? And now what's happening, right, is they're bleeding the local people slowly, okay? So these so the local people are getting bled, okay? And what's going to happen is it's just going to be too expensive to live in Hawaii, right? But they cannot tell these local people to move. They cannot say, hey, you know what? We're going to make this a playground for the rich. Okay, get out. They cannot do that. They got to they gotta put the squeeze on everybody. And they got to put the squeeze on everybody so hard that it's so expensive to live here that only rich people can live here. The rest of the people got to move. They will not have a choice. And that's where it's headed. It's he- Can you see all the stuff, you know, being built right now? All that stuff? Yeah, you remember our two-term governor? Okay, he's the guy who signed the contracts. He's gone. He's he's happy in retirement. He did his job. He served. Okay. But you gotta you gotta ask yourself now, okay, who did he serve? Okay, that's a good question. I'm not here to I'm not here to point the finger on Nope, but I can tell you he was serving somebody. <laughs> and it's the same guys that said, All right, we need to build this rail. <laughs> we need to get it done. Who's gonna get it done? Right? And then somebody steps up to the plate and they get the paper signed. They move everything through communities. Boom, 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 boom. They get it done. Right? Well, maybe it's the last thing to get done, but they get it done. Right? Wow, these, 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 uh, this gravy train is, is called a gravy train for a reason. It's all gravy after that because there is a goal. Okay? Now, you guys gotta, you guys also gotta understand that there is an end game goal to this thing. Or long-term goal, and the long-term goal is is not clear to everybody right now because everybody's looking at it going, "Oh, about a tax is going up, oh, cost of living going up." Yeah, there's a reason why it's going up, so that one day, right, only the rich people can live here. Everybody else, you know, they gotta go. If they can't afford to live here, where they gonna live, right? Oh, we live in Vegas. Oh, we, so a lot of local people are like, you know, and they, I know this guy from he was in radio. Right? He was in radio. Okay, people don't know he's still on the radio over here, but he's broadcasting from his house in Oregon. Right? And he's he's on the radio over here every morning. But he's he's working from Oregon. You know, because he cannot afford to live in Honolulu. Now I think that's a shame. I really think that's a shame. Okay. But some people, I mean, you know, and and you gotta uh, understand that God is real. Okay. When you look at things like this, you got to understand God is real and you got to understand that somehow balance comes. Somehow things happen. Somehow things change. And somehow, you know, there there is a, a little help that we receive from the divine. Whatever your system of belief is, whoever you believe in, right? But you got to know God is real. Because you know God is real when you see these things failing, right? You know God is real when you see these things getting screwed up and you go, well, see, there you go, right? And and you see things turn to the other side, right? There's always balance, you know. But the gravy train is real, Hawaiians. And you got to know that, you know, the price that you pay for the gravy train is huge. I mean, it, it is huge, you know, you think, you may think that on the outside, oh, this guy is receiving all this money. Oh, their lives are easy. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Bro, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there where, where the, the boss walks in the room, right? And I'm talking about, I'm talking about back in the day, things that were pretty heavy duty. And the boss walks in the room and he goes, hey, this is how it's going to be. And he'll just say a couple words and everybody jumps. Mm-hmm. And and these guys represent money. And I'm talking about tons of money. Tons of money. There's organizations here in town that you, you wouldn't even think that they're here. But they're here. Right? You know, you see stuff that you think is only in the movies. It's here, Hawaiians. They are here. Okay? Bob. 
I, I can tell you, I can tell you some stories. So there was this guy, right, that used to sit down at the table. Okay. And we, there was this table and uh, we used to sit at this table. Well, I was lucky enough to sit at the table. My job was to sit down and shut up. This guy had on fake finger. Okay. And it, it was because he belonged to a certain organization, right? And, and he, he didn't have a pinky. So they had these rubber pinkies. <laughs> they had these rubber pinkies because these guys had to come through customs. And as soon as these guys were spotted, as soon as, you know, if a customs agent, right, saw that this guy was missing a pinky, they would detain him. They would pull him off to the side. They would investigate him. And they didn't need that kind of heat, right? So they had this rubber pinky. <laughs> and he used to, because you know the thing, when, when you when you talk his story, you know, it kind of gets hot, right? And, and so brother used to take him off when he was drinking. And he used to take him off, he used to take him off when he was drinking. He would put him next to the, you know, next to the ashtray. And he was just, and he would just drink his, uh, the kind, I think they was drinking, uh, uh, what is that? Johnny Walker. <laughs> Johnny Walker Scotch they was drinking. And, and it used to just keep him right there next to the ashtray. And then, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's like, hey, uh, so and so and forget his, okay? And, oh, hey, 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 don't forget your finger. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, a polite Japanese guy. These, these guys are nice people, right? It's just what they did for a living. They were nice people. Well, that was nice to me. I don't know, but maybe maybe they had to be nice to me. I don't know, but but they, you know, I was I was I was young, and and I saw all this kind of action, and the same guys, right, that that did this, right, were the same guys that was that was doing big business in Waikiki, that was doing tour business in Waikiki, and then from the tour business in Waikiki, you went, oh hey, the the. The politicians would show up and then, oh, oh, really? Yeah. So you start making connections, right? Because you start see, well, you start making the connection in who knows who and who's running what and who's involved in what. Because you see all these guys together all the time, right? And you see, oh, oh, gee, I never know. I never knew Uncle knows him. Oh, yeah. But, oh, wow. I never know Uncle knew him. Oh, yeah. But, but what? They all know each other? Yeah. Oh, they all do business together? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So you got to you gotta see that. And over the years, a lot of these politicians, especially the career guys, right? The career politicians, they, they serve on this committee. They serve on that committee. The general public is not watching this stuff. There's stuff that you guys never see in the back room, in, in meetings and, and whatever. And this stuff is legal. Okay. It's all legal. Most of it is legal. I mean, yeah, there's some questionable stuff. There's some gray area stuff, but most of it is legal. So you would get, let me give you an, let me give you an example of what legal is. If you're a consultant, <clears throat> okay, or you're a lobbyist and you go in and, and you cut a deal with the politicians, okay. It has to be, uh, it has to be legal on paper. So, so yeah, you can you can be a consultant for hundred thousand a year or whatever, whatever it is, right? Fifty thousand a year, whatever. But then, what you're not seeing is you're not seeing that guy's nephew, right? That owns another company that his name is not even on the corporation. He, but he owns it, right? And he's an officer to it. But some or sometimes not, but he, he doesn't even his name doesn't appear. You know, when you go search down the company or you search online, his name doesn't appear. But he owns that company and then that company is doing work for, for the same consultant. So the money is is you know going in a circle. So the money goes in this door, right? Goes to the next door, to the next door, and, and then they feed the money back. You know, they, they said that about the, the president. Well, his son did business with Russia and, then, you know, and the old man got half, right? The old man, meaning the, the president, right? That's what they said in the news media. But that's how it works, you see. So because the, you know, because the, 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 the politician, right, was, was in his position, then, yeah, the son got a contract. Okay, then when the son gets a contract, he kicks it back to the, to the dad, Right. But but it's not so blatant like that. There are legal ways to do it. And there are legal shell companies. They call them shell companies, shell corporations. There are tons of them. There are tons of them. But we we have, we have I, I can tell you, well, I'm, I'm not going to go as, as 
as you know to go that far but i can tell you that if you look in the cook islands i can tell you if you look in the marshall islands and you look at the banks that operate there right you're gonna find a lot of local people's money in the cook islands you're gonna find a lot of local people's money in the marshall islands uh, you're gonna find a lot of people's money offshore in offshore banks offshore banking is huge in the cook islands and the Cook Islands is not very far from us, okay? It's a, it's like going from here to Vegas. And you just, you just fly in an opposite direction. And uh, you go do your business and you come home. Nobody's advertising it. Nobody's filming you on social media and you're going, Ah, going to the Cook Islands, see you guys. No, you don't want to make that trip public. You just go. You know, one time this guy that I was working with on the radio, he said, he said, hey, Oh, we, we saw so and so saw you at the international airport. You went you went to a foreign country. I didn't want to tell him. He thought I went to Japan. <laughs> it wasn't Japan, <laughs> but anyway. But that's not a podcast, always okay. But just know that the gravy train is earned, okay. And these people, <clears throat> these people who get on the gravy train, right? You know, um, the way it works is you put your time when you're in office. Okay, you do what you're supposed to do when you're in office. Now, when you're out of office and you get the consultant contracts and you get the, you know, you, all this kind of stuff, or you, you get a, you know, you have to form a, a nonprofit so you can, you can avoid taxes, all, all this kind of stuff that you do when you, when you get out of office, that's when the money's made. When you're in office, you got to disclose everything. Pe- you know, people have public record, right? Or, you can put your if you if you really have kids you can trust you can put everything in their name or or whatever but i'm just saying that you have to be above board when you're in office okay so i mean you know don't uh my mom always told me she said don't be envious of others because you never know what they had to do to get what they have you know in other words the sacrifice is real hawaiians the sacrifice is very real and sometimes, you know, like I, I, I went through a major sacrifice in my life because I wanted to do music. There's a lot of stuff I sacrificed. And, and you know, part of that was um, uh, you, don't, you don't get to live for the weekend and, and build companies or, or live for the weekend and be successful. There's no such thing. Uh, you can't do that. You can't live for the weekend. <clears throat> if you're doing that, then you're doing them wrong, okay? Because because you'll never get to where you want to get to. And, um, you know, I always tell people, I don't work hard, but I work long. I put in long hours, like like I- incredible. You have no idea, you know? And one one lady, see, I, I just sold my base. I just sold my base. Uh, my upright base was in storage. And, I, uh, you know, I was like, ah, I'm never going to jam. And the guy I used to jam with died, right? My best friend. And we bought these instruments because the plan was, oh man, when we, you know, when we, when we uh, retire for whatever, because, because we, we put everything in storage. We was going to go to Vegas. We was trying to get into Vegas. That didn't pan out. But our plan was, okay, one day when we come back, we'll go mainly, we'll make money, we'll come back, and then we'll go get a nice, secure place, right? Because we had a small place and we kept everything in storage, but we was collecting all these priceless instruments, right? And the plan was we're gonna make one, you know, uh, we're gonna make a place at home and enjoy the instruments and and you know jam and all this kind of stuff, and that never happened. So everything is now still stuck in storage. So I sold the bass, and I got a hold of this lady, right? And one of the comments she made to me <clears throat> in a text was, yeah, she said something about my businesses, and then she said uh, something about I'm not fortunate like you. I have to work. And you know that, and I, you know, I was, I was actually holding the base for her, because I recognized her name from my Facebook for years and years. I recognized the name, and she's a pretty girl, right? So I, I remember the, the avatar, you know, the, the profile pic, right? You know, and I, and I, oh, that kind of, kind of hit me the wrong way, because what I really wanted to tell her, okay, but I never tell her because I had to sell her the base. <laughs> You don't you you never ruffle the feathers of a of a client or a potential client, right? But what I really wanted to tell her is, baby, you know what? You have no idea how much I work. 
Because I'm not out there working in front of the camera. I'm not out there working in front of everybody. I'm working behind the scenes. I'm working behind my laptop. I'm working behind my tablet. I'm working on my phone. I work in the car. I, sometimes I'm working in the shopping center, right? And I, I, I grab my Starbucks. I'm sitting in the shopping center. I'm on my phone. People probably thinking I'm talking story or texting somebody or whatever. No, I'm actually scheduling ads. I'm actually running ads. I'm actually doing this, doing that, monitoring this, that, you know, transferring money, to whatever it is. But I'm working. You see, and I'm building. I love to build. That's what I do. I build stuff. I build businesses. I build uh, all kinds, all kinds of crap. I mean, I can't even. <laughs> that's not a podcast, okay? <laughs> but I'm just telling. When she told me I was fortunate, I, what I really wanted to tell her is: when you work 16 hours a day, seven days a week, you can guarantee you're gonna be fortunate. Guarantee, Hawaiians. When you change your thinking, okay? Because my kupuna, my kupuna Ivy always told me, like, you keep your hand like this, okay? Face down instead of like this, asking for stuff, right? So when you have, and I'm holding my hand with my palm up, right? You don't keep your hand like this, okay? You got to hana hana, which means you got to work, which means you keep your hand face down, okay? And she always told me this. She, she told me, you don't go around looking for a handout, you keep your hand down. You keep working. And that's what she always told us from small, right? So, And, you know, when you're small, it doesn't mean anything. But, man, when I started working, you know, when I started working for myself and and, uh, and God made that happen because I got let go, you know, from the radio station this one time, right? I got to stay on, but but I be, only because we contracted to the sales office, to the back end. Okay, and, and I got to do the front end, which which I never, you know, got paid for. I, I did it. Uh, I, I got payment for it in, in mentions. Okay, and they mentioned my business. And that was enough. Oh, trust me. That was enough. But, um, you know, another thing was that, that you know, you uh, or another thing is you got to love something enough where you would do it for free if, if you had the opportunity. You know, and, and going on the radio and stuff was so much fun for me. It was like fun. So I, I didn't have to get paid for it. <clears throat> I can't tell you how the expending of energy for four hours in the morning, first thing in the morning, uh, how happy it makes you. Because you're purging all that energy. Okay, now here's the life coaching part. Okay, here's the law of attraction part. <clears throat> when you're expending all that energy, right? Now, now you're getting all the energy out from your system, right? What do you think the back end is? There is a back end, okay? It's like anything else, right? If there's an acceleration, right? There's a vacuum in the back, okay? So if you're pushing all this energy out, guess what happens? New energy comes in, right? New energy comes in. New thoughts come in. New mana comes in, okay? For you guys overseas, mana is magic, it's it's another term for magic it's a hawaiian term which means the 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 special part the the magic part right comes in and and so when you do this right never be afraid to work it's the same thing like working out when you work out it's good for your mind when you work out it's good for more than just your body okay but don't never be afraid to do the work and and this is you know what i tell the young kids because the young kids are like oh uncle how you did that and I'm like, well, I was in Starbucks working. I, I, I you know, instead of sitting around, I, I, I was in my office working. I got to my office at 4:30 in the morning, and I sat there till eight o'clock at night sometimes, right? Not, not just you know, seeing clients, but in between, you know. And um, a lot of people don't see that, and it doesn't matter what they see, Hawaiians. You know, what matters is what kind of quality of life are you living. What are you doing with your life? How many people are you helping? How many, how, what kind of difference are you making? Are you just here to use of the planet, of the resources, and not going to give back, and then, and then you're going to leave? Or are you going to make this place a better place? You know, and the best thing you can do, in my opinion, this is my humble opinion, okay? But the best thing you can do is teach kids, because they're the future, right? And if you teach as many kids as you can, I knew guys that... I, I used to practically beg them. They're, they were adults. And I was just coming. I was 18, 19. I used to beg them. You know, hey, how you do this? How you, how you do that? They couldn't be bothered. Okay? 
And this is exactly why I started working with kids. And I started, when I started working with kids in the beginning, I thought, well, eh, it's just something to make money with, right? But it became clearly apparent to me in, in a matter of months that, wow, I can really affect the lives of other people. Like, like I can have these kids doing all kinds of crazy stuff like I do. You know, I, I had kids I used to teach voices to. You know, what's up, doc? <laughs> they go, oh, uncle, how you do that? And I go, yeah, yeah let us uh, do this. <laughs> you know, and then they would look at me and then they would try and then the thing would work and they would laugh. And I go, see? And, and they, you know, but they never thought of doing it, right? Now I gave them the idea, but pretty soon these kids started driving their parents crazy, right? But I'm just saying that, that you know, teach the kids, inspire the kids. It doesn't matter if it's, if you don't think, okay, if you don't think that what you know is a big deal, then maybe you have a self-confidence issue. Maybe, maybe you need some life coaching. So hit, hit me up at hereforyouusa at gmail.com. There's your commercial right there. There's your cheap ass commercial right there. But anyway, but no, I mean, you know, shameless self-promotion, right? Yeah, I'm so used to that. Oh, bro, I did so many years of that. But yeah, but even even if you don't think that what you know is a big deal, pass them on. Pass them on to your grandkids. Pass them on to your nieces, nephews, your neighbor's kids. Grab one kid and go, hey, bro, look, check this out. And, uh, and teach them and show them, right? Right now, the truth is coming out about a lot of stuff. The truth is, I've been studying esoteric knowledge for years and years and years, Right? But turn around and show the kids this stuff. You know, and nine times out of ten, most of them already know. They're starting to see it. And by the time they hit intermediate school, they've already been to the websites that you're just discovering. They've already been through everything. But these kids, they, you know, most of them are not even impressed because they've already seen it. They've already been there. You know, it's you. It's it's you, the older people that are coming across all this stuff and going, whoa, wow. Hey, you know. Well, the kids been there already. They grew up with it. This is their backyard. The internet is their backyard. You know, we had on real backyard back in the day, right? And that's all we had. We never had no internet, right? But now the kids, the kids, they have it all. So, so go teach your unique talent that the kids may not find on the internet to a kid. And that's the value that you can give another life, okay? And when you do that, okay, God rewards you. Each and every time. I can't even tell you how many. I can't even tell you how many kids I help. And when I help them, something good happens to me. Just out of the blue. Just just out of the blue. <clears throat> That's the law of attraction. That's the like attracts like. You help, help gonna come to you. You know, so what do you want? Now here's a, here's another piece of the life coaching side. Okay? If you want love, you gotta love first. If you want somebody to be generous to you, you gotta give first. Okay, if you if you like it when people just give you stuff, you gotta be the one to go give first. And you're not gonna get back from them, right? You just give. You can get back from other people, from other situations, from other stuff, but you gotta give first. Okay? You know, if you want if you want somebody to love you, you want people to like you, you gotta start liking people first. No matter what it is, you gotta do it first. You put it out there first, okay, and God will turn it around. And push it right back to you. And that comes, that also goes for anger. It goes for attitude. It goes for everything, right? Because if you're angry, at, you, you go around being angry at people, you be, go around being rude to people, it's going to come right back to you. You're going to start experiencing those kind of things. Because like attracts like. So you want to be an a-hole? Okay, that's your right. You have a right to do it. Go, go for it. See how well it works for you. It's going to come right back to you. Then you could be like, oh, so-and-so, you're such an ill. <laughs> Stop and think about it. How have you been lately? Think about it. You know, how has your attitude been lately? Right? And then it'll start to hit you. And then, you know what? You start to see the law of attraction in motion pretty soon. Because then you go, wow, you know what? Yesterday I was I was nice all day long. And today, this this. Nice lady did something for me. This nice guy did something for me. Well, I was standing in line. I was two cents short. And this guy from the back went, yeah, I get him. Boom, right there. I can't even tell you how many times I catch people at the grocery store. They're, they're in their wallets looking for change. And I go, never mind. Put them on mine. Boom, right there. Okay? And it happens to me too. And I get in situations. And, and pretty soon somebody goes, no, no, bro. Yeah, I get him. Get him. Right there, Junior. Boom. I'm like, Whoa. 
and I just say thank you. Okay. So another thing in closing, okay, because I got to go because the podcast, <laughs> I know I'm going to get the eye pretty soon. Yeah, Rocky will give you the eye pretty soon. But I got to tell you guys, okay, in closing, I got to tell you guys, always remember to be a good receiver. So many people can give. So many people can, you know, so, so many people can, can give anything, right? But when you try to give them, they're like, oh, no, 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 whoa, 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 what's this for? What's this? No, 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 right? Now you're making the giver feel bad, see? So don't do that. Don't make the giver feel bad. Just, just, hey, bro, thanks, man. You know, the thing I hate is when you give somebody something, right? And they will turn around and try to give you back right there or, 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 you know, in an hour, they come, they come give you something. It's no, 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 bro. I gave you that because I wanted to give you something. I didn't give you that because you know I wanted you to give me something, right? Okay, so you gotta, you gotta give without expectation. Just give, just give, Hawaiians. Okay, and um, one more thing before we leave. All right, all right. See, I get in the eye already. All right, before we leave, don't cut me off. Okay, well, before we leave, I just want to say thank you to the ladies again for finding me here on the podcast. Uh, the percentage is going up. I love you girls. You know I do. And uh, see, women know when you love them. They know when you're authentic. They know when you're all about them. They know, bro, trust me, they know. And they know when you're an a-hole. And they know when you're one of them nice guys. See, I'm not a nice guy. I am not a nice guy, Hawaiians. Because you know what? When you're a nice guy, okay, that's like, <laughs> that's the fastest way of a turn a chick off. When you, you uh, uh, see, I knew, I knew it, bro. I knew, I knew. Sorry, I got to go, Hawaiians. I, I knew he was going to do that. All right, never mind. <clears throat> I gotta fire this guy already. Hey, we gotta say thank you to, uh, in addition to the Wainis, we gotta say thank you to Island Club and Spa, Brother Randy, Sister Jerry, also to Voice Master Enterprises, Family and Service Companies, also to AFMHawaiiMusic.com. Yeah, featuring the music of Brother Darren Chinan. Uh, go download his music. It's up on iTunes from AFM Hawaii Music. Oh, man. Hey, so, Hawaiians, remember, you like something good just do them first whatever you like just do them first and never mind the click you don't need the click till next time i'm genie keiko have a genie mahalo Hello.